microgreens for growers and consumers. My name is Lisa Welsh. I am with Vitality Farms Company and today I'm going to take you on a little discussion, somewhat, not discussion, maybe an interior monologue, if you will, about organic versus non-organic seed, specifically as it applies to microgreens. Now we all know that a, a lot of times you're willing to pay more for the organic label um, because you want to know that your products are not sprayed with pesticides and certain other things that make sense you don't want to eat. But microgreens are a little bit different. So let's kind of delve into um, some of the nuances that occur with microgreens that make it a little bit different from how you would think about your traditional vegetables. Um, basically, as you guys know, microgreening is the method of growing your seeds in a medium and allowing the seedlings to mature a bit before harvesting. But microgreen seeds are selected because of a variety of vibrant colors and bold flavors as seedlings. They're not picked because they're known to be hardy, sturdy, great crop that are going to provide a great yield. They're grown because they're going to be gorgeous in sight, um, gorgeous in flavor, and that's kind of why they're picked. Um, like if you think about the Hong Vit radish, um, it's a variety of radish that doesn't produce much fruit at all at the end of its life cycle. But it does have lovely red and green um, microgreen shoots that look amazing. Um, and it's got a spicy radish flavor. Um, of course, while you do realize that there are most of our crops can be grown to microgreen stage, there are some that cannot. Specifically in the Solanaceae family, Solanaceae, um, the nightshade family basically. Um, they contain alkalides that make them unpalatable, and their their full-grown leaves are actually known to be poisonous. So you don't want to be walking around eating any nightshade, basically. Um, but the other reason why people have sought after microgreens is because of their high nutritional content. So like, I always look about it like this. If I have a baby, and I had a baby, and he was born with five fingers and five, well, I mean ten, ten fingers and ten toes. He never got additional things that made his fingers grow larger or made them able to carry heavier weights. But inside, internally, um, parts of his body grew and developed. Well, the same thing is true with the plant. At the time when a plant is grown and it germinates and it, it peaks up, it's got all the nutrients it's going to have. I mean, for the most part. So by adding that at that stage, you get the most nutrient-rich product you can have. Even as they allow vegetables to grow, and I know that farmers definitely add a lot of nutrients to their product, try to give them the best flavor and whatnot that's available. But unfortunately, still, as they grow that length, it kind of just wears out a little bit, and crops are more nutritious at that younger stage. And that's the only thing that I, not a scientist, can figure would make sense. Because I have to have it make Lisa sense. Not necessarily logical sense. Um, most, however, microgreen producers want to use organic production methods for the sake of their own ethics as well as marketability, right? Because you're selling microgreens are considered a, a luxury or higher end item, so you want to definitely cater to those who want to make the right choices with the environment, with other different things. Um, 
some organic methods, as you know, um, may not always be what they seem. Some can be less effective um, than more traditional methods. So sometimes if you do get aphids or you get some kind of product in the organic fruit versus the non-organic fruit, sometimes the way that they were doing things with the pesticides is what works best. Um, and that's just something on a side note. But basically when you want to talk about seeds, especially for microgreens, to me it comes down to money matters. Um, inorganic seeds are obviously going to be a lot cheaper than your organic ones. If you have a, a budget, you're trying to do it on a shoestring, you need to consider maybe doing inorganic. Which is okay. And here's why. See, what's not okay is to do GMO seeds and, and certain other seeds, which are definitely not going to be in the best interest. But the difference between an organic seed and a non-organic seed, well, it, it, it is significant. It's also insignificant, right? Because I'm only growing these seeds for seven days. I'm not adding anything to them. So when people ask me, is it organic? I say, no, I don't buy organic seed. However, my practices are organic or that my I use a natural growing process because anyone who knows farming knows to use the word organic is actually an expensive word to say. But there are reasons why even small microgreen farmers can actually claim their product to be organic without having to go through the entire licensing process in the same way as long as their sales are under a certain dollar amount. Again, at least in my state, um, I'm in Florida. So, I mean, sometimes you want to consider that out. If, you know, I don't add anything to it, how bad is the organic versus non-organic seed? Um, what I try to do um, is since I don't plan on qualifying for an organic grower certification um, because of the time and expense that are, are put into that, and I, I'm not necessarily sure, um, I've heard a few conflicting stories that said, you know, because they're a weaker strain of seed, sometimes, um, depending on which kind and a lot of factors, of course, can't really speak in absolutes, basically you speak in theories and possibilities and what you're willing to deal with at the time. I don't personally currently buy organic seed unless I need to. Um, now, I don't advertise that any of my stuff is organic, um, but I basically just tell them I don't add anything to the product other than water, but I do not because, and here's why, I guess here's really why I don't buy organic seed. Because if you look at the crops I grow, there's probably about five to seven that have organic seed. Of the rest of them, they don't have it as an option. Well, why is that? What do you mean they don't have organic seed? That means that farming's been going on for a long time, y'all. Microgreens have only been around since, what, the 70s or 80s? 80s, I don't know, somewhere in there. So that's about 40 years. And over that time, um, organic wasn't a thing until what, like the 90s? I don't even know when that became trendy. Um, but, so with all these times, there were a lot of crops, and because of the way they picked the crops, right, it's not based on what's going to give them best yield, not best on, based on other factors, it's based on what's going to look prettiest. So, a lot of times, because they're newer seed, um, usually only one or two seed producers or seed manufacturers have them, so therefore, you don't have the availability to get organic seed. So, aside from the fact that um, the biggest thing I think is that GMO products may not be used at any point in my seed process. Um, 
And I totally agree that the environment affected by farming practices has to be preserved. Meaning we need to do include all natural resources and biodiversity to provide and sustain our earth so that we can continue to grow for years and years to come. Um, the other thing would be fertilizer, which is crucial. It often contains substances that plants need to grow that aren't found in soil. For example, a plant in which a leaf, leaf growth is important, such as microgreens, need a high level of nitrogen in the soil in order to grow successfully. So when you consider looking at uh, fertilizer or whatnot, you should consider the following points. What kind of soil am I currently using, if I use soil at all, um, and does my soil have all the necessary qualities for my microgreen without needing to add any additions? I've gone back and forth with the whole additive things. I've been, I've done it completely with nothing other than BioStraight Belt, which I now no longer like because at the time I didn't realize that it's not even something that can be, it doesn't even, what's the word for that? Like it doesn't even process down into anything. It basically can't be recycled. So it's not so great. But I did find some really cool things actually in, was it Europe? They have some really cool types of growing mediums. But not gonna talk about that just yet. So you have to consider what, what source your plants are getting their nutrients from. Are you adding it, are you doing a, a hemp mat? Are you adding a nutrient? What are you doing? Growing hydroponically, growing with a great soil, um, Foxfire or um, Promix. What are you doing? So you want to consider that. And then, um, since the whole point of a microgreen is that they are the first to sprout from the plant, and that means they're ready to harvest within a matter of days or weeks, the rate of growth may not rely on any kind of fertilizer. So the other thing you want to consider is that, and also pesticides and food safety. The biggest issue most people have with non-organic farming is the idea of a pesticide, right? Because no one likes the idea of a synthetic chemical being put on their food. But it's true that non-organic pesticides have been linked also with harmful effects on the environment and local ecosystems. Growing your microgreens organically will mean you are not using these pesticides. So it's kind of like, I don't know how old any of you guys are, but like I'm just going to talk about my experience with the Diet Coke. Yo, really need to talk to that Coca-Cola company. Um, but do you remember back in the day when, you know, it was, so what we're talking about is pesticide would be Coca-Cola, right? Like it's bad for you and it's got all this stuff that's not really good for you. You don't want to consume it. But come over here to this um, Diet Coke, right? Which is better for you because we don't have these harmful effects on the environment, right? Or on your food. So you go to the Diet Coke, not realizing which would be found out later, years later, that the Diet Coke is actually worse for you than the actual Coca-Cola because what it does to your brain chemistry and how it makes you think you're getting sugar, but when your body realizes it never got the sugar, you crave it even worse. So, I am a struggling Diet Coke addict, for lack of better words, because I can't drink anything else. Very annoying. And when I stop drinking Diet Coke, if I can ever make it a day or two, the physical 
pain in my head and everywhere else is, is pretty substantial, which makes you wonder if it's supposed to be better for us, why did we decide to listen to some studies on that? So I always like to say, you know, there's a study for everything. One study can prove it causes cancer. One study can prove it doesn't cause cancer. In the end, just kind of listen to everybody's opinion and kind of find that middle ground or find what you feel most comfortable with or what makes sense in my world to Lisa Logic. Um, and the other thing is um, nutrition. A lot of times, several studies have shown that organic vegetables are high, have higher levels of nutrition compared to the other foods. Um, that's probably because of what they add into the soil or maybe the type of growers that would be growing organic would also want to make sure their nutrients are very high. Um, and they say usually um, antioxidants in particular are usually what they measured um, to find there's a higher quantity in organic versus non-organic. So basically how I do it, here's my rule of thumb. When I buy seeds, I don't ever buy a GMO seed, not ever, not, nothing to do with it. I do not buy chemically treated seeds. Um, because it's just gross in my mind because to me I think of chemicals and that's again you have to find what works for you um, but if I do find most seeds I like to try to find out that I have certified naturally grown seeds available whenever I can get them um, or technically it's the same thing as certified organic but like I said only about four of my crops I can think of off the top of my head actually have source for organic um, most of them don't um, but I do grow mostly not the same common microgreens as most people at least I think not. I try to be original but I don't know there's something to stay traditional instead of being original also um, and like I said mostly that's because most a lot of microgreen varieties are new to the market um, and there's only one major seed vendor that sells them. Oh, but since we're talking about seed and where you want to buy seed and what kind of seed you want to buy, um, I kind of assembled a list, if you will. Um, it's pertinent only to the United States. Sorry, everyone in other countries. That's just a little bit too much research for, for me to handle right now because we're on the cusp of something really cool coming out. Um, it'll actually be released this weekend. Um, I'll probably do a, I'll record a podcast about it and then I'll, um, you'll probably see the post on my Facebook or social media before you'll hear the podcast, um, because I will not release it until, um, it's debut this weekend because I don't want to affect anybody else's plans with the, the reveal. But anyhow, so we got something cool that we're working on. I hope you guys like it. Um, and I think it could be a good thing, especially in this time where our country seems very divided. We should be able to get along with things. All things. Even our seeds. So anyhow, I have a list of a few seed suppliers who have um, organic seed available. Like there's Harris Seed um, there in New York. There's Osborne Seed in Washington. Uh, Fruitington Seed in New York. Um, High Mowing, which is in Vermont. Um, Hudson Valley Seed Company in New York. Johnny Seed in Maine, um, Sand Hill in Iowa, and True Leaf in Utah. So there's a lot of options for seeds, as you can see. I buy my seed 
pretty much from Truly for Johnny's. Um, I have not used any of the other seed companies, um, but we are a seed distributor. I hear my dog barking, or I think fighting, whatever, ignore them. Um, but I've not tried them yet, but I do plan on purchasing some seeds because I've noticed that when I do buy um, unique strains, I've been finding that I like the more of the blends. So they have a bicolor basil right now. But it's purple and green basil, different flavors, uh, different seeds, but it's a combined thing. Same thing with they have a beet one, the same thing. They have a mustard one. It's um, a malty mustard, so they have a bunch of different mustard seeds in there. I'm all about that. I'm all about like a basically a mixed pack, if you will, of pretty colors and cool things so that we can get this great flavor profile. But anyhow, you guys, I have a very, very important meeting to get to um, today. I'm going to hop off here. But I did want to get this in and talk to you about the seed. So basically, I don't always buy organic. I don't know if you'll find anybody who says they only buy organic and then they just don't grow any crop that they can't get organically, non-organically. But technically, you are allowed as as a grower if you cannot and you check at least three major seed sources and you can't find the variety you need you can use conventional grown seed as long as it's not GMO or chemically treated um, and you can grow them that way so you guys have a great day I will talk to you later and hopefully you guys will be as excited about the next reveal for the next thing that is coming that should be awesome. Have a great day. Bye.